Do you ever have doubts about who Jesus is or what the Bible says and wonder, is this really true? Is this really how we're supposed to do it? After all, Jesus walked around on earth a long, long time ago. And these miracles happened a long time ago. And we don't see him with our own physical eyes standing before him. We see him um, in God's word when we read about him in God's word. But it can be hard to have faith. So what do you do with those kinds of doubts? They're normal. Most people, most Christians, have those kinds of doubts at some point in their lives. And what do you do with that? Who can help you understand and have faith? Who can renew your faith? We're going to hear an example of that in our reading today about someone who had doubts about who Jesus was. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. So we've been in the book of Matthew. Last time we read about Jesus sending out his 12 apostles on kind of their first missionary journey. And so in our story today, they're gone on that journey, and Jesus is going around um, preaching to the cities in which they lived. And he's going to talk a lot about John. And the John he's referring to here is John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist had been put in prison, um, King Herod. Not the same King Herod um, from when Jesus was born, but someone, a descendant of his and his family, had John put in prison because he didn't like the things that John was saying. Um, He was making him feel guilty for his sin. So he had him thrown in prison, and that's where John has been. And John is probably feeling a little alone and maybe a little unsure. Um, And so he sends his own disciples, his own followers, to Jesus with a question. Now before we go in, I think it's important to know some Old Testament um, context for what we're going to read about. So in the book of Malachi, that's the very last book in the Old Testament, there were some prophecies about John the Baptist. And I want to read those to you because they are important for what we're going to read today. So the first one is in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So this is a prophecy that the Lord is coming. He's going to come into his temple. But before that, he's sending a messenger who would prepare the way. Do you know who that is? That's John the Baptist. He came to prepare the way before Jesus came. So that's what that prophecy is about. And one chapter later in the book of Malachi, we have another prophecy Um, about John the Baptist. This is in Malachi chapter 4 and it's verse 5. It says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So we have a prophecy here that God was going to send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Now, um, that 
when you read that in the Old Testament, you think, okay, that could mean actually Elijah is coming back, the actual guy from the Old Testament coming back. Or it could be someone else who um, was like Elijah, like a type of Elijah was coming back. So I'll let you kind of think about that as we read. And one other thing is that Jesus is going to use the word dirge in here, a dirge, D-I-R-G-E. He says, we sang a dirge and you did not mourn. A dirge is like a, like a funeral song. So when you hear that, think of that. We don't use that word very often, so now you know what it means. He's also going to use the word yoke. And he's not talking about the yoke of an egg there. He's talking about um, the thing that would go across the back of oxen as they were plowing a field. So they would have like a wooden bar that would go across their back, and it's what they would attach the plow to, and the oxen would pull it. Um, so you've probably seen a picture of a yoke, um, and it would attach, actually you could have two oxen in one yoke, and they would pull that plow together. Um, so it's kind of what was attached to them. And then one other thing, Jesus is going to refer to some cities, and some of the cities are the cities in the area that he's going around doing miracles and preaching in. And then he's also going to refer to Tyre, Sidon, and Sodom. These are all cities that have been destroyed. They had been destroyed before Jesus was there. Um, there were a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament about Tyre and Sidon being overthrown, and they were overthrown. And Sodom and Gomorrah, you might be familiar with that story. Sodom and Gomorrah were two cities, and they were like burned up um, in judgment. There was a man named Lot and his wife and his daughters who fled from the city. So that's that's a kind of story in the Old Testament that you might be familiar with. But he's talking about three cities that have been destroyed. Okay, let's dive in. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 11 today. So find Matthew and then find the number 11 and we'll start there. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? 
It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the section starts out with John the Baptist asking a question of Jesus. Well, he himself doesn't ask it because he's in prison, so he can't, but he sends his disciples to ask for him. So his question is, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Basically, John the Baptist is wondering, are you really the Messiah? He seems like he's having some doubts here. John the Baptist is in prison, and he's wondering, are you really, are you really the one, Jesus? And Jesus responds to him and tells him what he sees. Um, the blind are receiving their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. These were all things that in the Old Testament, they were prophesied, like when the kingdom comes, these things will happen. These are signs of the kingdom. And so Jesus is saying, look at these signs and be reassured. Yes, I am the Messiah and the kingdom of heaven is here, is coming. Um, one thing I think we can learn from this is that John the Baptist, who Jesus later calls the greatest among men, even he had doubts. Well, what does he do? He doesn't he doesn't wallow in them. Um, he doesn't get really discouraged. He doesn't go to other people or turn away to other religions. He goes directly to Jesus and asks him his question. And I think we can um, learn from that too. When we have doubts, we should go directly to Jesus and ask him in prayer and tell him, hey, I'm, I have doubts about this. Can you help me, Jesus? Help me to understand. Help me to see. Um, the Bible in the book of James says that when we ask for wisdom, um, he gives generously without reproach. So when we ask Jesus to help us, he is generous and kind towards us. All right, so then Jesus talks quite a bit about John the Baptist being the last prophet, the messenger that would come before the Lord, and also the one who is prophesied about. And he even says that he is Elijah who is to come. 
So he, John the Baptist is the fulfillment of those prophecies that we read about in the book of Malachi. And then Jesus talks about, he gives this little, we played the flute for you and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. And Jesus is saying, it doesn't seem to matter what we do. <laughs> you won't accept it. John the Baptist came and he fasted and he avoided alcohol and he you know, did all these things. And, and then you accuse him of having a demon. I come and I eat and I drink and I hang out with tax collectors and, um, and then look at him, a glutton and a drunkard. So it doesn't matter what, what we do, you won't accept it. If we play a flute for you, you won't dance. If we sing a funeral song for you, you won't mourn. Here, the Israelites, in particular many of the scribes and Pharisees, but also a lot of the Israelite people, believed they were following God's righteous path. But they were so blind that they couldn't recognize God in their midst. They couldn't see that this was God with us, Emmanuel. Worldly smarts and wisdom just aren't quite enough um, to see who Jesus is. We need God to give us spiritual sight so that we can see him. And that's what was going on here. We needed, they needed God to open their eyes, not their physical eyes, but their eyes of their soul to see this is Jesus. This is God. And they needed soft hearts and they couldn't do it on their own. And then Jesus goes and he talks about these cities. He's saying, look, I've done all these mighty works in these cities. And if I had done those same things in Tyre and Sidon and and Sodom, they would have repented (laughs) and they wouldn't have been destroyed. But here I'm doing all of these signs and wonders in Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum and, and you won't repent. You won't turn to me. So at the very end, we have this section where he says, No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So in order to see Jesus, we need need Jesus to reveal to us. We need him to open our eyes and, and give us hearts and minds that can understand. So if you're someone who cannot see this and just feels like, I don't get it, Ask him to open your eyes, not, not your eyeball eyes, but the eyes of your heart to see Jesus. At the very end, he gives this invitation. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Every other religion of the world requires that you work for to earn salvation. You have to do good things. You have to do enough um, to be the right kind of person. And this is so different. The kingdom of heaven is not like that. Jesus carries our burdens for us. He does the work for us and we simply follow him. So we find rest for our souls there because we know we can't work ever hard enough And Jesus does it for us. So we find rest for our souls. All right, let's talk about our memory verse. Um, This is the last day of this one. We've been looking at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. It says that I may know him 
and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Okay, I think um, before we leave today, I want to read through verses 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 because we should have all of those memorized. So see if you can say it along with me. Okay, here we go. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. I love reading the Bible with you, and I'm so glad that you have joined me. Check out the description box below for links to some memory verse cards, my website, where you can follow me on Facebook, and we'll see you next time.